Murphy had a wife and son. What happened to them? Well, after the funeral, she moved away. Where did they go? She thought you were dead. She started over again. I can feel them. But I can't remember them. Leave me alone. Exactly like she knows him. Yeah, she she knew him for what less than twenty four hours, I think. Yeah, she asked all these personal questions. He's dead. Uh, he doesn't know anything about his family alive. <laughs> it's exactly like, like she knows him. To be honest, that is one of the more emo scenes of a robot. It, you know, I don't know, it's up there with like Johnny Five and yeah. I don't know, I just like Terminator in some ways. Yeah. I also like the the classic movie trope of like you're out of the vision of the person. You reach out. You do the reach out. The emotional. <laughs> You go, trying to get you're, him. Not, you're not sure if you want to touch and like he, he felt it he felt her <laughs> presence don't touch he's got me. sensors <laughs> ever welcome back to the last row podcast this is episode 133 if you are new to the show or you're returning check our website out thelastrowpodcast.com follow us on twitter instagram all the social channels at the last row pod check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, please subscribe if you're not subscribed and leave us a five-star review if you're enjoying the show. Welcome back, Badway. Yeah, well, it's great to be here. Yeah, tired. I don't I don't know what movie we're doing. <laughs> you, you picked I, it. I barely watched the movie we're doing, to forget to be full disclosure, you people. <laughs> this was his choice for the record, by the way. No, so full disclosure, we're doing RoboCop 1987 version. I watched this movie about two hours before we sat down to do the show. And fell asleep multiple times in between it. Had to rewind it five times. So I'm not sure what's going on. But we're, we're going to get through this together. Was was the sleep lack of interest in the movie? Was no. it you were tired? Old. Like, sleep right. was due to old and I've been up okay. since 6, 6 a.m. So it has nothing to do with the quality of the film. Yeah. Okay, no. all right. We need no, to no. say that for the record. Yeah, I like Robocop. It was, good. it was a good movie. Okay. <laughs> no offense, Peter Weller. Wellers? Weller? Weller. Is it plural? Is it more than one? No, there may be Weller, one, many, one, many Wellers. There's one, there's one Weller. Okay. Robocop, July 17th, 1987. There is no way that we watched this movie as kids because, <laughs> man, is it violent. My uncle wanted to show me this movie yeah. way too young. He did. He showed me parts of it when I was way too young. But Su- Surprisingly... Very little nudity. There's there's one flash. Yeah, very little nudity. And it was like a utility nudity. It was yeah. it was not like sexual in any no, way. No, yeah, that was very surprising. Runtime one hour forty three minutes. Just right. Maybe so a little right. too long. Uh, I, just we, right. We can get into this under this movie in under ninety. I feel. <laughs> we could shave off a couple. Yeah, we could have shaved off a couple. Sci fi action directed by Paul Verhoeven. Drew, do you know who? Yes, Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> this is our second. Second Verhoeven film, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, Basic Instinct, which was, you know, a surprisingly smash hit. It was the, the, the F of a century. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite episodes. If you haven't yeah, listened to our show, great. go back and listen to that one. We had a we had a blast putting Michael yeah. Douglas on blast. Great movie, too. I mean, please go out and see it. 
Total Recall. Uh, he directed Showgirls and Starship Troopers. Starship and, Troopers is a very underrated movie. And Hollow Man. Hollow Man. Uh, that is prime for yeah. the last row treatment. Yeah. We, Kevin we Bacon. Have, we haven't had Kevin Bacon on the show. I I actually want to do that one. We should yeah. we should definitely do that one. That movie is is that's a good movie, and he's yeah. a creep in that movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, written by Edward Newbier. I probably butchered that. <laughs> I don't who know wrote, who that is. Who wrote like all the Robocops, and he also wrote Starship Troopers. So I like Pretty Starship cool. Troopers. Yeah. It's like it got a bad rap, but I feel like it's satirical on purpose. I mean, a lot of the Verhoeven movies are like that, yeah. right? They're very. Yeah. I don't know. They're they're layered, I guess. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Too much credit. <laughs> IMDb, 7.6 out of 10. That's probably about right. It's probably about right. Rotten Tomatoes, 91%. Probably about maybe, right. Maybe a little too high. Who knows? Too high? <laughs> Metacritic, 70%. <laughs> That's right. about right. Letterbox, 3.9 out of 5. I'd give it a 4. I mean, it's pretty close to too high, but I'll allow it. You'll allow it. Yeah. Uh, if it was a four, I'd say ridiculous, but yeah. 3.9, we're fine. It's no Spider-Verse. Yeah. In a violent near apocalyptic Detroit evil corporation, Omni Consumer Products. What do you feel? I don't like that name. It's bad OCP. Name. Let's just call it OCP. Yeah. Wins a contract from the city government to privatize the police force. To test their crime eradicating cyborgs, the company leads street cop Alex Murphy into an armed confrontation with crime lord Bodicker? Bod Dicker. Bod Dicker, Red Foreman. <laughs> so they could use his body to support their untested Robocop prototype. But when Robocop learns of the company's nefarious plans, he turns on his masters. Masters, man. Masters. Now listen. Did they lead him into an armed confrontation? Like, did I miss something? This was not a no. setup, right? They, they, you couldn't say that it was, but it wasn't. Like, it, there, it wasn't shown. It wasn't shown. Nobody forced him into that warehouse. They didn't to, have to, to go, go to go one on ten. With well, what <laughs> what they did kept saying was, "Oh, backups not there. Oh, we can't. We're too far out. We can't send backups." So maybe they'll. Maybe they're implying that, hey, they wanted them to go in, but they made the choice to go in. They could have just left and said, we can't go right. in here without backup, right. which we need right. to talk about in detail later. But yeah, I don't think anyone like cat and moused him in there, at yeah, least to so. me. Yeah, so, I don't know. Unless I'm missing something, please let us know if, do, if our entire podcast is a sham. But I don't. Oh, we'll, we'll hear about it, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Send us an email, thelastwordpodcast.gmail.com. <laughs> but did, did you have any attachment to this movie growing up? Like, I didn't see this until I was significantly older. Yep. And I think I saw Robocop 2 actually before I saw the first one, as maybe a, even three. As a child under 10 in the 80s, uh, the idea of Robocop was cool. Yeah. But I never came anywhere near seeing the movie. But obviously, cops are cool to kids, and robots are cool to kids. So right. RoboCop is like is, is a cool thing. You combine them you know, both. You play the Nintendo game. Maybe you have a toy. I didn't have any toys. But the idea of it is certainly cool. It can be marketed towards kids. Well, they, they definitely did market it towards kids because there was the cartoon as well, which I think we were just looking up right before we, we hit, the, hit the record button here. And I was just sort of reminiscing on one of the toys that I had, which was this glow-in-the-dark RoboCop figure that, you know, when you pulled it up to the light and then it turns green in the, in the dark, I had a bunch of the Ghostbusters like that, and and I had a specifically a RoboCop toy of this. 
Right. And there's a YouTube channel that I follow called Secret Galaxy where they talk about like 80s and 90s cartoons and whatnot. And they just did one on how this this marketed like, you know, all kinds of subtext to children. It, it's a very heavy thing, right? It's like yeah. when you really when you think about the movie, because it's about corporations and all of these other things. But uh, I didn't see this until I was much older, but I just remember RoboCop 2 and RoboCop 3, my uncle who showed us Time Cop, we talk about this a lot on the show, he would always talk about RoboCop, and I've seen parts of it on the Hotbox at HBO and stuff, but right. I didn't watch it until I was significantly older. Yeah, so like I, I feel like we I had this idea of RoboCop as yeah. just this cyborg, this cool cyborg, not this poor guy who got all of his limbs shot off. <laughs> yeah. You know? my, my favorite meme is like, I keep seeing this meme come in where it's a, it's a, it's a Robocop. It's like gets injured at work, makes him go back to work anyway. And it's yeah. like, you know, dies, goes back to work anyway. Yeah. Like basically it's, it's, it's the truth. So in <laughs> 2023, uh, let's see taglines. All right. Only two today, the future of law enforcement. Oh, it's, it's kind of too straight. I don't know. I kind of like it. How about part man, part machine, all cop? All cop. Uh, it's like, oh, <laughs> like I it's like it. Lame. Like, like I get it, but I'll also do it with the Jagoff movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he really is. Uh, budget so it was about thirteen mil, which actually is pretty low. Cheap. But there was there's some cool explosions in this movie too. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of car accidents and car flips. Stop animation of uh, yeah. Ed two hundred nine. It's kind of yeah, cool. that was pretty bad, wasn't it? I don't know. It was yeah, like, it was kind of bad, but maybe that's just because it's eighty-seven, so, so removed from the eighties. It, it was. I thought the vibe of it looked really cool, but thirteen yeah. mil was a lot less than what I would have expected for for yeah. what it was. Uh, and then it, it returned cumulative worldwide gross about fifty-three point four million, which is you know you could say that's a pretty big hit for what it was. It's an R-rated movie. I know in sure. the eighties, like R-rated movies were like. You know, it's not like they're, oh my God, it's going to be R instead of PG-13, but it, it did well. I think this was yeah. received well. Obviously, you saw the scores here. Like, so. I, don't, I don't know, like, what did uh, Lethal Weapon make but in comparison, but I bet it wasn't that much more. I can't know? remember. We'd have to check it. it. It got Oscar buzz, too. So there's all kinds of awards that this movie is, is famous for. There was uh, Academy of Science and, and all kinds of other ones, but I just called out three of them. So it has uh, three nominee or two nominations for Oscars. So it had best sound and then it had best film editing. I didn't check who went against in, in uh, 1988 Oscars, but then it also won a special achievement uh, award for sound editing sound effects, which I thought was really good. Like that's fair. It's, it's a, it's a well-made movie, put it that way. Yeah. By the way, lethal weapon made $120 million. Okay. 120 just a year prior. So it did, it did lap it, but it's a different kind of movie. I mean, this is a hyper violent, like you're talking about R rated cop movie. I guess sci-fi is a little more niche, yeah, or niche, depending on if you're, if you're an asshole. <laughs> where where you hail from, <laughs> <laughs> from, from whence you hail. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, this is a hyper-violent movie, and I know that that is you know it's a it's a it's a comedy, it's a buddy cop comedy that's rated R, but it's got Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Like, who Star is Peter power. Weller? Buckaroo Banzai? Like, he we we talked yeah. about this a little bit, and there really isn't like a ton of huge guys in here. You got. Quigley from Blank Check as well. So, well, yeah, I mean, not, not at that point. Not return, at that point. <laughs> return of uh, Quigley. So let, let's just jump right into this thing. So this movie is set in, they try to say it's the future, but it's also sort of the present. Like it didn't seem super futuristic. They're driving Ford Tauruses, right? Like it's not yeah. like a... They're just saying it's the future so that you can believe that they have the robot technology. Yeah. It's but they like, changed nothing. It's dystopian Detroit, 
right? Yeah. So we've done some other movies on this show. We've and I want to maybe I'll call some of these out, and I'm curious about how you feel this dystopian Detroit compares compares to some of these other societies. So like the one that first comes to my mind is Demolition Man because that's yeah. that's an episode that we've done. Like, how did this compare to to that to you? Well, I feel like Demolition Man the the crime was. St- Almost non-existent, though, and yeah. and, and uh, secluded only to the the sewers, right? And then Dennis Leary and his crew of rats would come out and do graffiti or some bullshit like that, and not <laughs> actually do anything. Crime yeah. didn't exist until Simon Phoenix became true, woken up, right? Right. I I feel like maybe Predator Two, Predator Two, is with a good the one. gang warfare going on, it's like you don't want to be anywhere near that city. Yep. And I felt like this Detroit felt like. Predator 2. Yeah. Demolition Man is the exact opposite of this. Predator 2 is a really good comparison. And then also Running Man, I felt like, too, was was because they had the underground Los Angeles or whatever, which was where they had all the, you know, the guys that they threw in there. That was a good one. The similarity to Demolition Man to me is that they wanted to eradicate crime like Demolition Man did. And they were, you know, if you have a couple of Robocops out there, then likely they would have succeeded, right? Yeah. Well, it's funny when Morton was like, you know, we're projecting the end of crime in four months. It's like, yeah, how can you whoa. project the end of crime? It's pretty, pretty lofty. Robocop? The end of crime. <laughs> the end of crime. Are you serious, bro? We the eradicated it. And if they did it with good intentions, like they could have ended crime. But why, why, why did the greed have to seep in? <laughs> because it's corporations, man. Yeah. I mean, speaking of corporations – you see, like, did you like, I and, and and I guess Verhoeven, Verhoeven is very f- famous for this. He weaves in, like, different commercials and stuff, like Starship Troopers does it a little bit, too. Yeah. But there was three corporate commercials, and the one that was my favorite was Nukem. It was, like, a battleship oh, yeah. board game. Yeah. With the Nukem, the father was like, oh, no more funding for you. It's like yeah. we're having a full-on uh, financial and physical warfare going on with the family. <laughs> I'd play that game. <laughs> I, it looked like Battleship, but on steroids. And then, yeah. how about the Family Heart Center where they had like these fake hearts where they were, oh yeah, putting them into people, and it was like very, it was well done. Like I liked the fake commercial. Hey, with warranties, yeah, yeah, exactly. Warranty. They come with warranties. <laughs> and and would you be in the market for a six thousand SUX for SUX. for your vehicle for your next car? I mean, if Red Ford was just going to shoot at it as soon as I get it, then what's the point? Six thousand sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pun intended. And and then I also liked the portrayal of like the news media where I thought the guys the guy and the the lady that played the news anchors did a yeah, great job. It was, it was very was believable. Good. Yeah, and yeah, that that kind of had like a Predator Two feel to it as well. I know Predator Two came after this, obviously, so right. it's not like you know it's opposite. But yeah, no. I, now that I think about it, a lot a lot of similarities. To Predator Two, it's strange. And and you mentioned this a little bit as well in the synopsis, but talk about the privatiz- privatization of the police force. So OCP is this corporation that's taking over everything, and they're this like multi conglomerate where the the one that Bob Morton, who is the one that does the RoboCop program, has like a specific almost like a subsection company of OCP, and I know that gets expanded in other movies. So if you're a RoboCop fan, please don't beat me up or bad way up. We're going to look at RoboCop 1 in a vacuum. We're going to pretend yeah. the sequels don't exist for this conversation just because we don't want to get into the lore of that. We'll do those movies at a future date. Right. But the police force is privatized in this. And I saw I saw a piece of trivia 
that made me laugh a little bit. And I, I, don't, I don't mean to laugh at this, but maybe you'll laugh too. But it said, writers and producers were concerned that cops would be offended by their portrayal in the movie. On the contrary, they loved it. They especially enjoyed the scene where Robocop throws Boddicker through three panes of glass windows while concurrently reading him an abbreviated rendition of his Miranda rights. And I was like, I bet they wow. did. I bet they loved it. <laughs> Police brutality. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I bet that they, <laughs> that they did. <laughs> That was one I just like, especially when he was reading the rights. I mean, you know, any movie you you watch in the 80s was was kind of like that, but it it made me laugh a little bit. You have the right to remain dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, shoot him. Shoot him first. I mean, I was kind of rooting for him anyway myself because, hey, man, Boddicker sucks. Listen, man, like, I don't don't know if body cams existed in the 80s, but the fact that Robocop had 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 one. had recordings of at all times of what he was doing. I probably scared cop shitless back in the eighties. It's like, well, can they do that? Is that is that coming? We can't have that. Yeah, it, it goes two ways, right? He's recording everything that all the dirty people are saying, but he's also recording everything he's doing. He yeah. is a body cam, basically, yeah. which, is, which is true. Darken on himself. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about corporate life at OCP, man. I wouldn't work there. I was going to ask you, would you want to work there? No, it's too dangerous. You, you don't me? want that that executive lounge. You get that card. You go in there. You get your own little private bathroom and everything. He's, they still didn't have the stalls that went to the floor, though. No, yeah. What's going on there? Why? It's like there was no luxury in that private bathroom. It's just that. Just let me ask you this: If you have a lesser, uh, yeah, lesser the job title, does that mean you piss all over the floor? I guess. So, so you're less likely to piss all over the floor if you if you are, have access to the corporate bathroom because that's the only difference. Yeah, that bathroom it looked sort of like a gym bathroom in that it yeah. had like a section for the sinks that was separated by the two urinals. Yeah, but. Man, they should have had those stalls that we were talking about, like the European ones, where it's like a country club where you get your yeah. own little room. It should, like, yeah. They're, they're dropping the ball there. Like, they, what's the point of that card? And you said this on a previous episode. What'd you say, right? You don't mind if people see your shoes. Right. That guy should have looked at the guy's shoes. He would yeah, have known not to shoes. talk shit yeah, on that, his boss. Uh, clearly, his boss has, you know, standout shoes. <laughs> he was, gotta, the guy was gonna, in there. If you're going to talk shit, you got to take a peek. You gotta, you that gotta, guy you go. was in there taking a dump, and yeah. and this guy, Bob Morton, is just talking all kinds of shit on the number two of the company, calling him a pussy, calling yeah. him all these these names. They're, the first moment he steps in this executive Room, yeah. it's like not uh, through caution of the wind. It's like so you, you it's all it's always you do you you talk the shit and then you hear the flush and then you're like, and everyone everyone filtered out of that place. Yeah, everybody filtered out of that place. Uh, the and, other and, guy, the other guy pissed his pants because he was trying he to get out of there so fast. Yo, he he needed calico cut pants. Yeah. <laughs> they don't they don't even make they don't make calico cut yeah. pants for him. Yeah. It comes like this. It comes yeah. like this. <laughs> he did not give. Yeah. All I'll say is like. Just this guy is an amateur. Like he he winds up jockeying for power. And it just seems, I mean, we've got to talk a little bit more about OCP, but their HR violations out the ass up here. Yeah, man. People dying in a boardroom. I would decline those meetings, man. You can't go to those boardroom meetings if they're going to be testing weapons at the boardroom. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, first off, how does that massive machine not fall through the floor like you, this thing is the hugest thing ever. You're questioning the structural integrity of OCP headquarters. I am. 
Uh, and I'm I'm questioning like how did they even get it up there? And it's like walking in through a boardroom. Yeah. Did they build it in the room to the right? They or did they, they assembled it. Transfer it up there. Yeah. They the thing, can't, the it. thing can't take steps, so <laughs> I don't know how it got up the steps. They fly with a helicopter or something. I don't know, is there is there a service elevator? I don't that we don't know about. I don't know. So if you guys haven't seen this movie, the sort of well, if you haven't seen this movie, you should watch it. It's on Amazon Prime right now. So go check it out as of June 2023. Make sure you're watching the the 87 version, yes. not the 2014 version, which isn't bad. But. It's not bad. I like that movie, but it's not it's not the OG. But this movie sort of centers around these two dueling programs. There's this number two guy who who is working at OCP, and he wants to sell this thing called Ed 209, which is sort of like a basically an unmanned machine that's going to go do military contracts. And then you got Bob Morton famously known as the return of Quigley from blank check on our show who wants to turn a, a dead cop into some type yeah. of RoboCop. He's got these programs and they both think that they're going to take over smartest economic move for this company was probably Ed 209. Don't you think? Yeah. I think it's we a money maker. All that. Yeah. The only problem is like I said, throughout all, even to this day, we can't teach robots to walk up and down steps. True. It, it just trips them up. No pun intended. It just trips them up. They can't figure it out. If you're trying to get away from them, all you got to do is put steps in front of them. If you have yourself a little step ladder, you just you just set it up there like a booby trap. It'll fall. It'll fall over, and then you're free. Man, we, we I think we talked about this on the show before, but I always feel bad when you watch those like Boston Dynamics videos, and the people are just yeah, knocking the robots. It's pathetic. Over. It's real pathetic. <laughs> or like the the, the the famous video of, the, of uh, Philadelphia, where oh. the the, uh, the unmanned robot was on the loose, and they just beat it. So <laughs> like, bad. The robot's coming over to take over our city. No way. F that. No. <laughs> but like, I feel like you have to program these robots to yeah. if they start to fall, they just shoot wildly. You know. Yeah. As they're tipping over, just have, yeah. have them shoot wildly. <laughs> you got to pull a Raymond Calitri. Yeah, you go yeah. down. So it's like they can still get you as they're tipping. <laughs> well, that thing had some big guns on it, too. I have two questions about this boardroom. So so they bring the robot out to like test it, right? So they said, oh, so here's this gun, which, by the way, is loaded. Here's this loaded gun pointed at the thing. Probably shouldn't have done that. And it'll tell you to, and we'll, we'll show you what it does. So the guy at the, in the boardroom in his, in his nice suit in front of 12 other people in nice suits points the gun at the robot. Robot tells them to put the gun down. Very intimidating. Everybody's scared. He puts the gun down. Robot still says, hey, why aren't you complying? Which is exactly <laughs> what cops do to this day. Yeah. yeah. True. <laughs> it's a telling thing. Very scary. Very it scary. Is. You're not complying. I'm complying. 1987, sure? man. They knew. Yeah. Yeah, so... The robot malfunctions. Everyone's scrambled to get it to work. There's no, there's no kill switch, Drew. There's no kill switch. Oh, there's a kill switch, but not but, a kill switch. But of course, there'd be blanks in the gut and the bullets, right? They wouldn't have live rounds with the robot, would they? Why not? There you this go. This guy gets the second most brutal murder in the movie, which is saying something. You know, you know How many the times word- he shot. You know the word obliterated? Yeah. Like, I know there's a TV show coming out by the Cobra Kai creators called Obliterated. That guy was obliterated. Yeah. He was he was vaporized. Yeah. <laughs> like he <laughs> He was obliterated. <laughs> fifty maybe fifty bullet holes. It's like I wanna like I wish like I don't and I, I don't want to test this in reality, but I yeah. want to test this in reality. 
if you're shooting someone that many times, does the body really stay up that long for it no. to take all the shots? Or does no. it fall immediately? That guy, I mean, he might as well have disintegrated. Like, that's yeah. how much this guy was shot. And it was like blood everywhere. And the people in the room are kind of like horrified. But then the other guy's like, oh, this is great. Now I can, I can make money off this. Yeah, yeah. now I can make yeah. some money off this. Yeah. And and people weren't phased. Like, they were mad. But this guy was like one of the friends. It was like three yeah. friends. It was almost like a tripod. No, and this guy's dead. It, if you remember, the thing had a target on the guy with the gun, right? Yes. So he was trying to hide, and people were like, get away from me. Yeah. They weren't scared for themselves. They were just scared to be like in a, yeah. associated with what the thing was going to do. Was going to do to him. It was crazy to me. Yeah. Like, I just thought that, like, obliterated. That's the only word yeah. I can think about. Like, it's the so perfect brutal. use of that word. It was brutal like, murder. It was like, it was, I'm not, I'm not, I don't get squeamish at movie violence, things like that, right? It was uncomfortable. Yeah, that was... It, it was legitimately uncomfortable to watch how many times this guy got shot by this robot. Well, And it was the second worst scene in the movie. Yes, I was just going to say, like, this, this is where, if you've never seen this movie, like, Verhoeven's like, you think this is going to be, you know, just like an action movie? All right, get your, get your shit ready. Because... This sets the tone for what this movie is. I mean, it is brutally violent, yeah, and yeah. and it's like it, they do not hold back. So, this guy gets murdered in the boardroom, and then Bob Morton starts to use this as an opportunity. So, I, I wanted to mention this because we talked about Ed Two Hundred Nine and the number two at the company, who was sort of trying to take over. He had this Ed Two Hundred Nine thing, and he was going to set up military contracts, maintenance plans. Basically, he didn't care if this thing worked at all. It was a money revenue stream for Genius. the company. Sure, perfect. And and honestly, economically, it made a lot of sense. That's it's how business like, is done. Exactly. You start yeah. a maintenance plan, but because of this brutal murder, the old guy, the old man, right? I think Boss. that's even his name. Yeah, like he doesn't even have a name. He's called the old man. Yeah, the Vince McMahon of this company. Yeah, basically, listens to this other dude's presentation. And have you ever been in a situation at work? I don't know where it's like. He got his shot, right? This is the CEO of this company. And he's yeah. like, I'll listen to you. Have your presentation ready in 20 minutes. Like, is that guy ready? Like, is he ready with his he team? Was, he was born ready. He was born ready. Born Quigley, ready. man. Give yeah. him a blank check. That's that's all no, I'll say. But I appreciate the guy. I appreciate Quigley's, uh, what's his, what's his name? His, we'll call him Quigley. His name is Bob Morton. Bob Morton. I, I appreciate his, 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 go, his, his go get it, his go get it attitude. It is he Quigley, wants it. Right? He wants it. You got it. He wants it. He deserves it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And like, you know, he took his chance and he had to go yeah. for it. So he didn't sabotage the Ed two hundred nine. It just so, or did he? I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. I don't know. They yeah. didn't say. So if you, it, let's say you're the boss, right? You're the big boss. What do you think is a better approach, RoboCop or Ed two hundred nine? At this point, right? You, you've seen the presentations. Now this guy yeah. killed somebody. This thing yeah. malfunctioned. But you know what RoboCop is like. The stigma around turning a human or a dead cop into this robot. Like, I don't know. It must've been a great presentation, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, f I feel like having RoboCops out there would be better for, for uh public, you know, morale, public control than a lifeless killing machine, right? With guns for hands, right? But you could argue that, Murphy is also a killing machine too, like because he has yeah. skin on his face. Yeah, he's human. It's exactly it. It's he's human looking, part human. Yeah, you'd rather deal with a human looking thing than a 
machine that looks like it's designed to kill, even though, yeah. yes, Robocop is also designed to kill. But he's also designed to to arrest and reason and protect. Well, let's let's talk about Murphy. Let's talk about Murphy and and the uh, the untimely demise that this guy goes through. So the movie opens up and you see the Detroit police precinct and you see all these cops and OCP has a contract with them. So they're basically telling what the cops what to do. Now they're still city employees and all this stuff, but you see Murphy get transferred to this new precinct. And he gets paired up with this other cop named Lewis. Now, you said this to me before we hit the record button. And I, I thought this was an interesting thing. They set this up to mean like Murphy, he's like a beat cop, right? Like he's he's on the he's on the beat. He's on he's a street cop. Yeah. But they make you think that he's like some great cop. Now, yeah. are him and Lewis actually good cops? Like I'm I'm not sure that they are. I don't know. Well, the only clue that we have that Murphy's good at his job is that he's good at twirling his gun, right? Yeah. Like uh like a like the show that his yeah. son watches. Right. So that could be like a that could be a a little distractor to like we don't know if he's good or not. We haven't seen him in action. Yeah, we didn't see him like in scene one, you know, bust a bunch of guys and, and do a great job at it, right? Should we have? Should they have done that? Yeah, I think so. Maybe set him up as okay, this guy is legit, like like you would like a like a rigs or something like that. Yeah. Right? No, all this guy's doing is twirling his gun. That's that's <laughs> that's that's show move. That's like saying I'm good at the gym. But in a fight, I'll get beat up. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's same, same deal. What about the girl? The girl, I don't know. The, the girl, they showed her. They showed her actually kick somebody's ass. In the, yeah, she in, was in, pretty in the, good. In the yeah. So at least she she could stand up for herself, and at least she can win a hand to hand battle. We don't know that about Murphy. Murphy, but both I, it, both, I could but, use more. But but their decision making is like, oh my god, dude. So yeah, so the thing is, they're going after Boddicker, who's known as the cop killer. We'll put him through the villain scale in a second, but he's I played by Red, he's played by Red Foreman. Red Foreman, yeah. yeah. I couldn't tell if this was on purpose or not, but I couldn't tell if it was a setup, like you said earlier in the synopsis. Like, was it really a setup? But they wind up in basically his his hideout and lair, which is this abandoned like steel mill or something. It's it looked like sweet. this. It looked like the steel stacks here, which was yeah. pretty good. But they get to the place and they're calling for backup and they're saying, oh, we can't send backup. So he, Murphy, throws it to Lewis and says, hey, well, it's your call. Like they didn't seem nervous at all. They're no. in this guy's turf and they're like, oh, let's just go in with a little pea shooter. And, which, by the way, they were just in a firefight in a car chase with these people before. So they know that there's about 10 of them. Yep. And they know that they're heavily armed with automatic weapons and shotguns. So- they know that they're outgunned and outmanned. And they and, went into their lair. And they went into their lair where they the, the bad guys have all the hiding places. Yeah. Right? They probably have hiding places. They probably have rocket launchers. They probably have yeah. giant 50 cal rifles. They probably got a lot of stuff. They probably got yeah. traps. Yep. And they're like, oh, you know, let, let's go in here. And, and the other thing that stood out to me as well was I remember the idea of this movie. I got the impression that they knew each other more. But they've been, yeah. what, working less than five hours together? It was the first day together, yeah. Absolutely. I also think that it would have done a little bit more if they knew each other a little bit yeah. longer. Yeah, Riggs and Murtaugh go into that building. They're they're coming out with, with 10 perps, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe six dead bodies and four perps, right? Yeah. But they're walking out of there. Yeah. Yeah. These two have no chemistry, right? They the don't one, even know. The one girl gets... The drop on her because she was caught looking at a dick, and 
Murphy gets caught because he forgets that there's 10 of them while he, while he sticks up one. That he was forgets, he forgets that he's probably surrounded and he clearly was surrounded. So, yeah, I mean, the instincts just for survival, Drew, it's not there. So I felt bad thinking this. Now, you tell me if I'm a bad person for thinking this, but I don't want to say somebody deserves to die. Deserve. I don't want to say he deserves to die, especially the way that they they brutally obliterated him. But I can't say that he shouldn't have seen it coming, Drew, doing that. I can't say deserve, but death wish. Yes. Yeah, he had, he had, he had, he had a thirst. He had a he had thirst a, for death. He had a Charles Bronson yeah. going on right there. He must not have loved his family all that much if he's no. going to risk his body like that. He's, he, you could just not. You could. You could just not go in the warehouse. You yeah. Just not go in. No one not force them. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, that's the thing. Like they knew they were there. Wait so, fifteen minutes. The backup will show up. And if backup never came, just stake it out and wait for those guys to. You leave. know where they, their lair is now. <laughs> It's stupid. <laughs> there was no reason yeah. for him to go in there and get yeah. his body blown apart by shotguns. Yeah. You know, it's uh, so. Yeah, I mean, talk about this death. So you mentioned earlier that that brutal boardroom scene was the second worst death in this movie. What was the first to you? Was it this? Yeah, this right here. So they they, they surround the guy. All of a sudden, Red Foreman shows up with his freaking twelve other other guys. The cop killer. Yeah. They're all pointing shotguns at him. And what do they do? After teasing him for a minute, they blow off his hand in that the was, most violent way ever. That was and so he's brutal. A, and he's in shock. His, his hand's destroyed. Blow off his arm. Start <laughs> shooting at his legs. And then they finish him off with a shot to the head. And they were laughing the whole time. Yeah, like, they were laughing was... and they were showing all the shots and it was uncomfortable Dude, to watch. Was it like borderline pornographic in a way? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it was. It reminded me of like hostile. Yeah. Like that kind of like violence, torture porn in a way. Yeah. And and it and come to find out that it was worse and they yeah. had to they had to dumb it down to to lose the X rating. Yeah. There was an X rating originally I w- right i wonder if i watched the unrated version because it was pretty brutal what i watched i don't, <laughs> I don't know how it could get worse yeah they said uh, so i i saw this on imdb it said there was also an extension of two seconds where Boddicker explicitly blows his brains out with a handgun that got taken out and another scene was trimmed by a few seconds the boardroom scene was also worse as well but yeah like the shotgun blast was really bad. They said they blew off his right arm at the shoulder with another shotgun blast. It was gore, all kinds of, it was really bad. Yeah. And I'm not one that typically, you know, squirms at that. It was very shocking. I it was felt. bad. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> Did you find it weird when they had him in like the ambulance and they were like trying to revive him? I'm like, this guy's so this dead. This guy like- <laughs> has lost all of his blood, all of his limbs, a bullet to the brain. Was He's that not like alive? A, was that a charade or was <laughs> yeah. it like, was it was that like on purpose? Like they were trying to revive him, like as yeah, like a I mean, as he's like hanging a on. He's one of those weird things where he's hanging on. <laughs> he got shot in the brain. Yeah. Like they blew his head off. Like people so, survive headshots, but <laughs> a, add to the, all the loss of blood. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, it wasn't a charade. He was. I think they play, they were trying to play it straight. He was still alive. You really thought that he was alive? I yeah. thought it was like, hey, we got to pretend that we're going to revive this no. guy for the RoboCop thing. It was his point of view. We were, we were seeing it from his point of view. He was Man, conscious the whole time. I don't know how he was conscious from that. Like, yeah. talk about... It's like, you, you, you watch episode three of Star Wars. It's like, 
Darth Vader, he's like in the volcano, basically. He's completely dismembered and like somehow he still lives and they put him in the suit. Like that's what that reminded me of. Like, how are you going to put this guy in this thing? Like he's completely- I don't know. Obliterated, right? How, how you got to make a RoboCopter? I don't know. It's the movies. I don't know. Yeah, so magic. I, I, we, we need to talk about that in a second. But for the record, maybe the most violent scene that we've done on this show in 133 episodes, Possible. like hands yeah. down. Yeah. It, it was pretty brutal. Uh, let's talk about Peter Weller for a second. So we'll talk about the RoboCop and how they make them in a second. But I want to ask you this. Who did a better job as a robot? Arnold as the Terminator? And maybe we'll say Terminator 2 because he's more human in that a yeah. little bit, more humanistic. Yeah. Or Peter Weller as the RoboCop and why? Arnold was better voice actor as a robot, but I feel like Weller was a better body actor. As I a loved robot. his moves. His moves right? were great. He had great robot moves. Yeah. <laughs> it was like and, he was doing the robot. Yeah. But that's the thing. Robocop was, was meant to be more rigid, right? Whereas yeah. the Terminator was built to replicate humans. Human. So Arnold didn't have to act like a, a bodily act, like a robot that often. Right. Yeah. So I thought Weller did a great job with his body acting, but voice acting, eh. not so much. Not so much. I mean, that, there's a reason why Peter Weller's not a household name. I guess I feel that my favorite of his moves is how he would turn his body before he turned his head. Yeah, and it yeah, was like it's great, it's very great. robotic. It was very well done. I got to give him credit for that. Yeah, I I, I read that he uh, he did a lot of ex- extensive mime work. Oh really? Or he studied he studied mimes, and that's kind of where it started of him like learning, learning to act like a robot. It, it is very mime like yeah. in how he moves. You know, yeah. thinking about how they pretend they're in the box. Yeah, like, or like you know, yeah, kind of like maybe street performance, pop lock, that kind of thing. I think like, he did a really good job. Yeah. So it was it was a good it was a good call on him. So is there some video somewhere of Peter Weller in 1987, like pop locking, like it, yeah. on on camera well, with, somewhere with with the mime makeup and all that? Yeah. Uh, that'd, be, like, that'd be great. What's the that'd audition be like to be yeah. the RoboCop? Like, do you have to pretend you're a robot? And like, how far did people take it? You know, like sometimes I'm thinking yeah. about like the Johnny Drama yeah. interviews and, and auditions. Like, imagine Peter Weller in the audition tape, yeah. and who else did it? And like, how did they how did they do it? Or like, that's a, what I want to know. Like, did he act like the kid from, uh, from what you call it, from Grandma's Boy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am a robot. <laughs> you know what's funny, though? Like, I saw this, too. So the suit cost anywhere from, like, half a million to a million dollars just for the suit. And didn't you oh. tell me it was, like, a wetsuit with, like, plastic on top that's of it? That's what I read. I don't know if it's, like, that's legitimately what it was. I could be way off. I'm not... I'm not. I don't have a source material. So the other thing I thought was funny, and I feel like this is just over the top to me, but I saw that it said when Peter Weller was in costume, he remained in character in between takes. So whenever Verhoeven a, was uh, giving him instructions, he only addressed him as Robo. And then uh Verhoeven found it too funny to take it seriously and they dropped it after a couple of weeks. But like, do you need to method act as the Robocop? No. I don't feel like it requires it. That's that's annoying. I, I can't sanction that type of a yeah. I, I, I mean, I do. I would feel like Tommy yeah. Lee Jones in that scenario. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like it's necessary. It's just yeah. it's too much. You're doing yeah. too much. You don't because you, don't, you don't have to go to a dark place, right? You right. Don't have to. I feel like you only do that with characters where you have to go somewhere. Could you be? Could you live in that suit, man? I don't think I could do it. Too hot. Too hot. It's too hot. I saw it's they had hot. like an air conditioner in there or something too. He's <laughs> losing three pounds a day. <laughs> like water loss. Well, well, you know, he uh he had some time off though when when they put him in the car. That's true. Just because like well the, the the suit wouldn't fit in the car, so he went pantsless when when they were when they were driving scenes. Like imagine, <laughs> imagine 
it's like the the newscasters that sit yeah. in their underwear. Yeah. But like, imagine trying to drive a car with those that those legs on. You know, like how could you actually push the pedals? Like yeah. sometimes you wear like thick shoes, you kind of can't feel your pedals. Like imagine wearing the RoboCop legs and trying to drive like a Ford Taurus from 1987. Yeah. And speaking of Drew, like I got a problem with the car. Yeah. <laughs> you can't give RoboCop. A 1987 <laughs> Ford Taurus. For the record, one of the ugliest cars of all yeah. time. You can't. He has to have a cool car. Now, I know he's not established yet, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe in RoboCop 2, they give him a cool new car. Rookie cop. A Robo car. And, and it doesn't need to be a Transformer. Like, it, just give me a car with, like, maybe some guns on it. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, like, the flaps open like a, like a DeLorean or something. Yeah. Like something cool and futuristic looking. Robo, uh, give me the Robo car. Or you make it like his color too. Yeah. Or make it, yeah, it has to be personalized. Like don't give him a Ford Taurus. Like that's, that's enough. Dude, no, he, no offense to Ford Taurus, but like doesn't no, belong with Robo. No, Cop. offense to Ford Taurus. That car is ugly <laughs> as hell. I'm sorry. Like that car is straight up one of the ugliest looking cars yeah. I've ever well, seen all, in my life. All 80s cars, they're freaking boxed. It's, it's just... But, but that's an 80s car yeah. that tried to look futuristic and it didn't, yeah. it just looked stupid. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah, you're right. He should have also had some kind of cool motorcycle or something that flew. Like Ooh, imagine if he was flying on like a flying did, motorcycle. Didn't the reboot have a motorcycle? I think Am it I did. Am I remembering that wrong? I think he had a, he he had a motorcycle. He had like a Tron motorcycle. Yeah, I think and so. And it looked awesome. Yeah. Like I, for the record, I like the reboot. I thought it was good. Yeah. It's not the greatest movie ever, but I liked what yeah. they did with it. Yeah, and we'll we'll do the, we'll do two coming up. Uh, yeah. I'm curious to see if they give him a good car. Since I, he's honestly, established as RoboCop in two, I haven't seen it in in honestly probably 30 years. So I yeah, really don't forever. remember. I don't I remember, remember it, about it. Bits and pieces of it, and and three two, which I know is not Peter Weller, but let, let's talk about his his powers and his abilities. So they they resurrected this dude for this this program. They wiped his memory, and they made him follow three directives. Now, what do you think of these directives? Directive one, serve the public trust. Directive two, protect the innocent. Directive three, uphold the law. Protect the innocent. Directive four, classified. Yeah, classified. (laughs) I like how directive four was basically he can't go against OCP senior executives, and I'm pretty sure they, they called that out. So like- yeah. Is it a pay grade, like a certain pay grade you can't yeah. go against? You can. So Jane and HR. Like interns. You, 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 can, you can call her out and bust her, right? Yeah. You can't bust the CEO because it's just too high. It's too is high it, and it's too hot. Is it only guys that had access to that private yeah. you know, private bathroom? O- only guys that, that, that pee in the private bathroom can, are, are immune to Director 4. I still can't right. get over the fact that they didn't have that bathroom thing that goes yeah. all the way down. That's all. Yeah. It's just it's a sham. There, there's two. It's, it's not an exclusive club. If there were seven guys, eight guys in that bathroom, yeah. there should be three or four guys tops that have access to that bathroom. Well, it's like a VP, so it's like uh, you know Pearson Pierce or whatever it is from yeah from American Psycho. Like everybody was a VP there. Yeah, seemed. too many EVPs. Too many. It's too many Way EVPs. Too many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I think the directives are interesting because it's like you think about iRobot and all that stuff. So they gave him these yeah. laws so that he couldn't do anything basically right. bad. Yeah. And, unless he malfunctioned. But this was sort of the hey, Ed two oh nine doesn't have that. Or maybe yeah. he, he did, I yeah. guess. And, and it, yeah, it, it allows him to yeah, protect the innocent, go after the bad guys, and also as they proved while he was out of the streets, to go after the bad guys and not have a 
an innocent person catch a stray. Like no innocent bystanders. You can't be reckless out there. So he's able to take a shot at someone and not care about injuring, you know, an innocent. He's going to protect everyone. So do you feel, and I was thinking about this as this was happening. So Bob Morton is the guy that wants a RoboCop initiative. But then you had the number two guy, Dick Jones, was the guy's name. I forgot it earlier. But he was the one that wanted the Ed 209 one. Was Bob Morton, like, was he actually trying to do a good thing, even though it was still greedy? Like, his thing was he wanted to, you know, make a lot of money, be be a big wig and all this stuff. But do you think he did actually care about cleaning up the crime? Or it was like, well, I just want my program to win. Because he didn't need to, like, did he only do those directives so that he wouldn't malfunction and lose his job? Or did he yeah. actually care about doing, like, the right thing? No, no, I don't think he cared about doing the right thing. I, I think he just wanted to win, right? Yeah. And, and in if, order to win, and, that was how he did yeah. it. Yeah, and if this works, then it, that he that he wins twofold. But he just wants to be chosen. I think is really the first and foremost. And the other dude, like I, I mean, that guy, wasn't programming anything, so yeah. I don't know what the hell he did. But like that Ed two hundred nine malfunction was, it just seemed like it was dumb luck. Yeah, I guess. But like, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was nothing nefarious going on, was there? With with uh, with Morton. Besides, Edmund. besides shady business dealings, right? Like he wasn't trying to screw anybody over. No. Like as far as the public is concerned, like this this RoboCop was designed to work safely. It was going to work, right? right? Yeah. yeah. No, so it's not like he was evil. He's just trying to win at right. business. Dick Jones was the guy that was nefariously trying to take over, create yeah. all kinds of conspiracy stuff with Boddicker. As as yeah, then he got in bed guy. with Boddicker, right? So it's like this. This guy's painted like a villain, but really he's not. He's he's just he's a he's, scumbag. He's a scumbag businessman, but he's right. not an evil man. No, no. Yeah. He just he was selfish, uh, selfish businessman. He wanted to take over basically, but he wasn't doing anything nefarious. That it, it seemed right. He just yeah. like you said, he wanted to win. Yeah, and and he put Directive Four there just to cover his bases in case maybe you know somewhere along the way somebody found out why. RoboCop came to be. Maybe he was involved in getting Murphy killed. Maybe he was involved in the malfunction of of the N two hundred nine. And if that came out, that's what Director Force for. Well, what was actually interesting is I don't know that he put Director Four in because when RoboCop confronts Jones in the office, he says, "I slipped in Directive Four so that you couldn't mess with me." So I think he meddled oh, with the program. That's right. That's it stood right. out, right? So I don't even know. Like, I actually think if you look at at Morton, I think he was more of like a buffoon. Like he, that's he, right. he got cocky. You're right. No, you're right. I I got that wrong. I was and asleep. and Dick Jones was like, like he said, right? Don't mess with me. You're messing with the wrong guy. Yeah. And, and do you like when he like caressed his hair and he was like, you, yeah, you f with the wrong guy. And it's like, dude, don't mess with this guy. It's man. pretty intimidating, to be honest. Yeah. He really was like. I, I I thought, man, he really did F with the wrong guy here. Yeah. He, he really did. So, but the directives were interesting. It was. It was a way to keep him in line. What about his his powers and his abilities? Like, we, we talk about the accessories and all the stuff on, on the villain scale, but we don't really do the good guy gauge. And maybe this is yeah. sort of an unofficial good guy gauge, but what did you like about him? And, and is he invincible? He seemed that way, right? Like, uh, the whole time I was thinking about Dumb and Dumber, right? He's yeah. got all that armor, and it's like, what if they shot him in the face? He never got a scratch in the <laughs> he face. He never got a. He never got shot in the cheek, the chin. He was fine. Don't you think he should have? He should have caught a yeah. caught a stray there. Yeah, give me some Arnold, uh, uh, bullet makeup damage. You know what I mean? Yeah, 
Uh, but you know, small budget. What are you gonna do? <laughs> maybe it was in his contract the agent slipped it in there we yeah. can't my, my boy's face we can't we can't touch it you gotta maintain these right. perfect mouth yeah. uh, mouth features yeah no yeah he was bulletproof and I like I like the damage he took his his body looked cool as it got you know he had that shootout in the parking garage where all the cops were were, were, were jacking him up like I thought his the damage looked really good um, he's got perfect target shooting you know shot through the lady's dress shot shot a guy in the dick <laughs> which is a real jerk move. He was a rapist though. So, yep. you know, what a better True. thing to do yeah. than shoot a rapist eye for an in the eye. dick. Eye for an eye, right? Video evidence, you know, full on full on body cam, which obviously thermal vision and, you know, more more importantly, he can climb up and down steps. Yeah. So, that's not a problem <laughs> with this with this guy. I love when he was going down the steps and he realized that, that other thing couldn't. He just like <laughs> he just stared stood there yeah. and stared at it as that thing was pathetically like yeah. screaming for its life, which was so funny that then thing had a voice. It sounded like yeah. a pterodactyl. Yeah, why did it have animal voices? Because <laughs> why not, I guess? The thing didn't deserve to win at 209. Yeah. What a crappy, what a crappy robot. thing sucks. Yeah. I, so let me ask you this. Does he need to be charged and can he run out of batteries? Like, what's that about? Because he's in that, like, station. Yeah, is he plugged in this whole time? It's true. They were monitoring him, but, like, does he run out of power? Like, I... It, is that on the RoboCop wiki? I don't know because he sits in that chair, and it's like I guess he's hooked up to something. But they're they're monitoring his dreams, I like suppose. Why? Just to see if there's something going on in there because they're still not sure how much of Murphy is is left yeah. is alive in there, right? I like to think that he had some type of like nuclear thing in there, or whatever that he was powered by. But he still had like what? How much of how much of of him is left? How how much is still organic? Because they made a comment that he eats this like baby yeah. paste so so yeah he does have a digestive tract okay which i mean partial i mean does that so where does down, he drop down to anus i don't know is is there like a is there a toilet inside of the yes yes that is he there, has to is there empty a, is there a uh a, a, a defecation yeah, compartment like, it's sort of like the coloscopy bag or whatever yes, they call it i wonder it. i wonder yeah like imagine like a little tray that he that? pulls out whose job is that it's like a tray that he has to pull yeah. out and they like dump it in the toilet it's like filled with motor oil and yeah. poop. It's a good good combo. That stuff looked disgusting. Yeah. It looked like it looked like like crappy shit mixed applesauce yeah. is what it looked like. So he's got that. He's got um what else does he have? Is it a torso? Uh he's got I partial guess. parts of his brain. Which he's is got, surprising. Yeah. <laughs> uh they they said multiple organs, but I don't know which like what? Yeah. Does I he don't have know. his balls? Does he yeah. still have his testicles? I don't know. I mean that that could include sex organs. We don't know. We I don't know. I like to think that he has a robotic, robotic I mean, Johnson. Yeah, he lost so much blood that you know there's it's not going down there anyway. Even he's got to have there. a pump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like imagine that. And then how about the fact that they like they saved his left arm and they were so happy about it. And the, yeah. and then Morton comes in. He's like, oh, get rid of yeah. that. We can't just, have that. You just like just shadow over the doctor's victory because that's that's a hell of a victory to save the arm. That's great. And then the lady was like, "Prep him for surgery." Yeah. <laughs> she so yeah. I felt bad. I felt bad. I I just I wonder, like, what did you think of his face? They sort of like it seemed as almost his skin was like stretched out over this. Yeah, it looked very for grotesque, sure. didn't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was very grotesque. Yeah. And like I don't remember, but like he didn't have eyebrows, did he? Because no. after he lo- after he lost his visor, it was very strange. It's I remember seeing something on IMDb that said that Verhoeven and I, I don't know if it was a director of photography, 
but him and one of the other guys were fighting over the fact that they want the Verhoeven wanted that scene to all the scenes with that to be well lit so you could see it. And the other guy didn't want it to be, and they kept fighting over it. And then Verhoeven obviously won and it, and yeah. they were happy with the way that it came out. I thought it looked really good to be yeah. honest. They still like, have the little bullet in his head too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, overall, I think this movie looks really good for 1987. Yeah. Like the effects I, were great. Honestly, do you think it had something to do with, with, uh, with Weller's agent? Maybe. Wanting a certain amount of face like you gotta see for, my face. Yeah, right? I wonder. Because it's odd, right? Like, I'm thinking about Carl Urban as Judge Dredd. It's the same thing with, with Sylvester Stallone, right? In that yeah. one, Judge Dredd never takes his helmet off. Yeah. And in that movie, he doesn't have it on, like, it the entire has, time. Yeah, barely has a helmet on it. Yeah. Because that character, you never see them without it. And then yeah. Carl Urban, in the reboot, he never took it off. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, but that was but cool. It, yeah, in 1993... You're not going to have Sylvester yeah. Stallone in your movie and not have his face showing. Right. So let me ask you this. Could you beat the RoboCop? And, and what would you try to do to, to, to beat this guy? Because he seems unbeatable. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, is he fast? He seems slow, no, right? He's slow. I feel like but he it, could just run away. Like, he could shoot you. But, like, is he going to shoot you in the back for petty crimes? I guess he'll track you, though. He's going to track you. But does he have tracking? Does he have tracking? Like, he oh. had a targeting system. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what if he just ran really fast? Yeah, you got a zigzag. But you can't know. Like, he's going to shoot you. Like, if he's going to shoot you, he's going to get you. He'll probably but, shoot you in the knee or something. But, like, is he programmed to shoot, like, a thief? Like, if I was stealing candies from 7-Eleven, well, would, he, would he shoot me for it? He's got to serve the public trust. He's got to protect the innocent. But, number three, he's got to uphold the law. Yeah, and, and in that, and, and in dystopia Detroit, maybe maybe he'll kneecap me or something. Yeah, that's or, what I mean. He like, kill he's going to do something. Yeah, he'll do something. He he's not gonna kill you because he's still yeah. Alex Murphy. I feel yeah. somewhere deep down in there. But, I feel like yeah, they didn't have time for this, and I'm glad they didn't have time for this. But like, he probably <laughs> has other weapons besides that gun. Yeah, like he's got to be able to shock somebody. He's a robot. So I like, like that. It's got a shocking system. Yeah. I like that they stored it in his leg too. Yeah. It's like pretty cool. Yeah, like why why not a holster? Why did, like it's weird. Why I, do they make it? Why do they make it more complicated? It's cooler, but it's more complicated. I do agree with you though. That he needed more weaponry, like yeah. one gun. I mean, it was a it's pretty a, badass. It's gun, a cool though. gun. It's, it's great an gun. iconic gun. Sure, it's a great gun. Yeah, but yeah, he should have had. And he also had that spike thing that yeah. was more like to read computer uh, powers or whatever computer things. But yeah. I feel personally that he should have had like like a cable that shot out of his arm that could. That's like what I was thinking. People. Yes, I was thinking like the the, the a fist like a rope detaches from his arm. Yeah, like and Inspector like, Gadget, you, like kind a of thing? punch. Yeah, like a like a like a flying rocket punch. Oh, dude, that's right? like Metal Gear. Like yeah. in, in Metal yes. Gear with, yes, the, with exactly. the red arm. That yeah. exactly. Yes, the Phantom arm. Uh, maybe I was wondering if you could like, could you out talk? Could you talk your way out of getting arrested by RoboCop? Like, could you could you throw some paradoxes at him and, and explode his brain? Like, like, or is there still human brain? So in there? he's a cyborg. So he's not like I do think that you know a computer is perfectly logical, right? Yeah. So which is he more cyber? Is he more human or more machine? Like from a brain power? From a so, brain power perspective, it's probably yeah. at, at at best sixty forty. I mean, robot, robot to human. I mean, he's got brain damage actually. Yeah. So it's like probably it's probably worse, but at best sixty robot for the human. Can he even reason or logic? Because he yeah. has so much. He was shot in yeah. the head. <laughs> it's like can can you get into a loop of 
you stole this bread. Yeah, but I stole this bread to feed my family. My family would die. Is it really a crime? Right. And then you go, and then you go around in a circle and eventually he, he short circuits. He had to uphold the law, but he also had to protect the innocent. And it's yeah. like, if you uphold the law, the guy stole, but he was also protecting the innocent because the guy needed to eat. And, you know, he's got to serve public trust because he can't. Yeah. Like, there's probably some type of causality yeah, there's loop a loop. in there. Yeah, I feel like there's got to, like, you could practice this if you know the RoboCop <laughs> is out there. So, like, if you ever run into him, it's kind of like, <laughs> all right, if I ever if I ever get caught by the RoboCop, this is what I got to say. I mean, if you're, like, a criminal, though, and you see this, like, thing driving a Ford Taurus coming for <laughs> yeah. you, it's like, like, this guy. Am I taking it seriously? I don't know. It, if you don't know the lore, you might think it's just some asshole in a suit. <laughs> Like it's not actually a robot. It's like come on, I don't. I don't know why to me, but like the driving scenes of him just driving around, like yeah. looking for crime. Yeah, like, he's looking for crime. It's, just, it's, like it's the car. He, I'm telling you, it's just, there's, <laughs> he should not have been driving that car. The they need to give him his own car. The it wasn't in the budget. It wasn't the crappiest in the budget. car, man. It's so lame. Yeah. Like he just has the roof off. Yeah. He just has a random like like he got the like the guy threw him the keys like no you gotta make the robot make the guy the car this you know, is spend like, an extra fifty thousand dollars this is like where's where is Bob Morton at like yeah. he should have had a better plan because you know this thing is a corporation like they could have afforded that yeah they if made that, Ed two hundred nine yeah. if that if if that guy costs what twenty million dollars yeah and that's probably cheap. They could have spent 50 grand on a cooler car, right? <laughs> like, imagine if he had like a military Hummer, that would yeah. be cool too. Yeah. Like, 50 grand at 87 goes a long way. It, you know, the, the Taurus probably cost 12 grand. He should have had rocket legs too, where he could fly. Rocket legs. I mean, yes. like, imagine jet if pack. he didn't even need a, Give car. a jet pack. <laughs> he said, Can you a jet imagine. Pack. <laughs> yeah. This is clearly the beta version of, yeah. of uh, I'm sure that they probably did all of this in Robocop 2 and 3, and we're sitting yeah. here like saying, why <laughs> yeah. did they do this? Why didn't they do all that? Of his, all of his upgrades. Right? So everybody's sitting here probably listening, and they're like, you idiots. Like, you, they, you did this. The sequel. But we didn't. So, yeah. yeah like, we'll get, I don't we'll get know. to that later, as we say. We'll get to that later. So you think you could you could cause a loop, and you think you could yeah. outsmart him eventually. Yeah. Better than outrunning him, because he'll just yeah. shoot you in the back. And you'll be paralyzed, but alive. It's like the logic of Batman. I didn't kill him. Yeah. I didn't kill him. The coma did. I put him in a coma and his family pulled the plug. <laughs> so I, <laughs> therefore I did not kill him. I'm Batman. That's true. There you go. You mentioned earlier the scene where he was getting all shot up in the parking garage. And man, even that was like, it was a callback. It was less violent, but still yeah. as violent as when he got shot. It was like basically the full military force of the police shooting him all simultaneously all at yeah. once and he's getting knocked down like over and over yeah. and over and it was brutal so i have a question for you you're a big johnny five fan absolutely what choked you up more johnny oh. five getting beat up by the street gang or robocop getting brutally destroyed me? by the police force in the parking garage by his well, own brethren two big differences one is that robocop is a cop so regardless of what you think you know they say it in the movie you sign up to be a cop. Yeah, there you go. There's an inherent risk of what's going on. You might get shot. You might get shot by 50 cops while wearing a bulletproof <laughs> armor. He didn't sign up to be a RoboCop, though. Well, he's already dead, so it's <laughs> he's, like he's like, he's he's not dead, but he's dead, right? Second lease on life. Yeah, yeah. but he signed up to be a cop. He's got he's got bulletproof armor on, so he's fine, right? It's Except sad, face. but he's fine. Yeah, it was sad though. Yeah, but Johnny Five is like is is pleading for his life while he's getting beaten. By by these guys, these thugs, I was like, I, I, I'll 
put me put that seat on right now. I'll cry. I'll cry. Man, it, it's it is. There's something. There's something about a machine that can't defend itself getting yeah. beat up. That that is that is inherently very sad. Even though Johnny Five was built to be a war robot, he's not a war robot. Let's talk a little bit about Clarence Boddicker, Red Foreman himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I feel like we we can't we can't do this movie and, and not really put him through. Played by Kurtwood Smith, Red Foreman, like we talked about, the cop killer himself. I, we could say that Dick Jones was the the big bad, but he's pulling the strings. Oh, no. He's not Screw really. That. He's just Screw a corporate that. overlord. If you're new to the show, we have a villain scale. We put everybody through. It's four major categories, a score of one to five each. The first is his look or style, his or her or their look or style. The second is hideout or lair. The third is the plan. What's their plan for domination and how do they execute it? And then the last one is the henchman. What's their muscle? Do they have any sub-bosses? What do you think of Boddicker, man? And, and we can put him on the scale here. We'll take him through the categories. His look or style. There's some trivia about this we can talk about in a second, but I, I didn't think it was very good, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, how, first of all, how did you feel about it being Red Foreman? Like, I know it's pre-Red Foreman, but... So, I'm not, like, a huge That 70s Show fan, but I've seen a lot of episodes of it. Yeah. It was really hard for me to take him seriously because yeah. of that. And it's not his it's, fault, right? This is no, 1987. It's, just, it's, it's such a dominant character in, in pop culture that it's weird seeing him somewhere else. And it's like... It's not like, oh, this guy's played a bunch of stuff. Like, that's the only thing that I see him as. Yeah. It's it's like Al Bundy. Like, he's Al Bundy. Like, it's yeah. like if the bad guy was Al Bundy, it's like, oh, that's Al Bundy. Like, yep. he is Red Foreman to me. I, I just, it was really hard for me to take him seriously, and it kind of took me out of it, to be completely honest with you. Like, I didn't find him as I menacing. I agree. It's not fair to him, but I agree. You can't he's change good. what like, you change, though. Yeah, he's a good actor. Look and style, pretty generic, right? Like, I feel like for some reason the the glasses I kind of like glasses on a villain, like regular eyeglasses. Yeah, like nothing like super stylish, like just yeah. regular ones. Yeah. Like there's something that could be evil about that, where it's like you look like a nerd, but you're a cop killer. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, it's something unassuming about it. Like you don't see it coming. Now I don't know why for some reason, like I felt like I remembered him having a hat on, like a newsy <laughs> hat. <laughs> You said that earlier. Yeah, I said this before we started. We were we were pre-noting this, and I was like, and you you shot down that you shot down that rumor real quick. <laughs> so that that did not happen. But I when I want to have him, I want him to have a, like a newsy saddle. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? That. I, I yeah. don't know what the proper term of that is. You're like the Peaky Blinders one. Yeah, like yeah the, Peaky Blinders. Yeah, little I know 19, what you're talking 1920s. about. Yeah, I forgot. I don't know what that hat. He is should called. be wearing that hat. Yeah, and he would get more points if he had that hat. Oh man. But what, what else? Like what? What do you say? Like. Is there anything else? He had a box van. If we're talking about uh, accessories, the van was cool. I mean, yeah, but that's yeah, that's. They had a lot of cool weapons. Like he had those those crazy fifty cal like sort of guns that they were firing from the hip. If I shot that gun, the thing would fly out of my hands. You yeah, know that, that counts. I suppose that counts, right? So because we got to talk about their style. accessories. But I thought, so I saw this piece of trivia and it said that he originally auditioned for the role of Dick Jones, which was the number two guy at the company. But he thought that that was the role that he got. But then he found out that he was actually going to play Boddicker. So he found out that Verhoeven, who grew up in, he's Dutch, right? He grew up near the Holocaust. He thought that when wearing glasses, Smith resembled, resembled Heinrich Himmler. So Smith agreed with the idea, stating that a bigger, more menacing villain would come across as someone who could be merely outsmarted. 
Well, his character's glasses made him look smarter and therefore more of a threat. So you're you go onto something with the glasses. Ah, yes, like it yes. makes him smarter. Yes. But he didn't have like his outfit was like sort of unassuming. He didn't really have much else. Like I don't think we can go more than a two on no. this, honestly. He was wearing black. Uh he looked badass when he had like the the broken lens, and that's kind of like a famous like shot. Yeah, of the him. view. I don't know. Uh, the arsenal is impressive. The 50 cal is awesome. Is his arsenal of 50 cals, which I can't believe he didn't get a shot off on RoboCop. We we should have Ridiculous. seen RoboCop just deflect the 50 cal. Like yeah. we needed to see the power of the suit on that one. They, Missed they opportunity. It. They teased it, but they never landed a shot. I guess because they were saying it was real. It was a real threat to him. I suppose. I mean, that thing was like blowing up stores, and yeah. they were just shooting random stuff yeah. like downtown. Like, it would have been ridiculous, but also I would have bought it had it just RoboCop just no sold it. That would be yeah. fine. But yeah, I guess we're going two, right? It's got to be. Like I can't. I can't see a three. It can't be higher. It just yeah. can't. Like he if he had the hat. Anything. If he had the hat, it would have been a three. I guess. <laughs> I'll give you the glasses. I'll give you the the guns yeah. and the cool and, and the box van. Like the box van's yeah. good, but I actually so this next category. So let's go with the two. The next category is interesting. Yeah, because he's got it seemed like multiple layers if you think about it. Like he had a bunch of different places, uh, and he also waltzed into OCP a couple times. Just like no big deal. It's like this guy's a, yeah. like a wanted criminal, and he's just yeah. walking in. And he's with some mention in the plan, but he's a moron. Like he's just saying all these guys names but yeah. the hideout and layer is it that steel mill like what what, yeah. what would you consider it which is uh, this pretty is the badass. steel mill and i think that yeah it's it's a top-notch layer anytime that you have a dilapidated or or abandoned warehouse or steel mill or factory that's a top tier you're starting at a four like imagine all one, the places you, you could hide there yeah like, that's that's you man, hide, that a good place you know you have good junky couches you know good good hangout spots yeah. Get the offices. You, know, you have good spots to hide weapons. If if a stupid cop runs in there and tries to get you, you have your hiding spots. Lots of nooks and crannies. Yeah, you're starting at a four. And I think I'm going to give this a four. I don't think I it's agree. a full mode five because it doesn't have enough defining characteristics. I agree with you. But four is where we're going, I think. It's, it's definitely a top-notch layer. Yeah. Te- definitely top notch. Like any, first off, they couldn't find it, and yeah. then when they did, they couldn't find him. Yeah, any abandoned warehouse or or factory gets a four minimum. Yeah. So yeah. Now this is where I think he's going to lose a lot of points here. His plan, because I don't really I think don't he know. has one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really think he has one. And and on top of that, I'm add one more comment. He was so reckless in how he carried himself like he just instantly confessed to robocop of, i'm working with this guy yeah <laughs> like instantly yeah i don't know but it's a, but how it's a lot is it not much different than the joker just watching the world burn he's really ahead of his time he's playing grand theft auto is what he's doing he got- <laughs> he's he's got his run of the city the city is on fire he is and he's just going around shooting cops collecting guns and money he's a regular nico bellic yeah yeah so he's really playing real life Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> and there's something there's something to that where it's like if your plan isn't like if your plan is so grand that it could never be completed, it's then what are, you, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. If this plan is right. just have a good time and own the city, he's kind of doing that. Maybe you're right about that. He had a good run until Robocop showed up. Yeah, like who was gonna stop him, really? Yeah. He killed every cop that came across him. 
well, to the point where the cops probably were going to stop coming after him. When he walked, when they walked him, when RoboCop walked him into the station, like nobody said anything. They were just yeah. like, is this for real? Like yeah. this dude. And then he spits blood on the guy's like paper. He's like, what's his crime? He's a cop killer. <laughs> he killed what? At least 32 police officers? I think officers? they said 32 at least at the time, at the beginning yeah. of the movie. There was Grand Theft Auto. There was larceny. There was rape. There was suspected murder of multiple people on yeah. top of the 32 that were confirmed police kills. Oh, there's, there's, there's unconfirmed bodies for sure. It, it, was, it was a lot. And then he also was working to, like his aspirations were good. So yeah. he wanted to also then sell, like he was, he was out, right? He was out when he's talking to, to, to White. Where then he said, I'm, I'm done. And, and then he said, oh, but there's all these guys that they're going to be living in these trailers while we're building up this, this new, new city that you can sell drugs to, that you can you know, ga- go gambling. So yeah. he was going to be basically the guy. He was the crime boss. Yeah, that's, that's sure. That, that's, yeah, when your goals get too lofty, that's when you go down. Maybe you're, you're turning me around on this I'm not. Bit. I'm not opposed to giving this guy a two or a three. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're right about something. I like the real life Grand Theft Auto. Maybe it should be yeah. a three. Yeah, because like he was just having fun and he was working. Yeah, I, I let's go three. Let's go three. Three. It what? Is. What about his henchmen? So I wrote these guys down. You had you had, Nash, you had a lot of them. Antonowski, who is like the guy. What is up with that guy's hair? Yeah, like that guy. I loved. Hair, I loved Antonowski. He. He, he was, I would. I would take him on as as a as a henchman. Like that guy decided that he was going to rob a gas station and then he was going to fill up. Yeah. <laughs> like you but, fill up first, man. No, but at old Detroit, you don't have to do that. You you can, you, you take what you want. That, that guy was so pathetic at the counter. Like, and, and he, for the record, he had the best death in the entire movie driving through toxic yeah. waste and turning into like the, like a total recall guy. Is that what happens though? Like, do we have like, Scientific confirmation besides know. besides Toxic Avengers. Because like, that's kind of what he, he acted he like the guy like from Toxic Avengers. He did. Like, do we know that's what happens when you get doused with toxic waste? It depends on what toxic waste you have, I yeah. guess. Just other, generic, other kind, generic toxic waste. Yeah. The other two, you kind of you turn into the Jack Nicholson Joker, I guess. You can yeah. throw into Axis Chemicals. Yeah. Uh, then you had Min, and then you had Cox, who was the guy who showed his Cox, yeah, I think, right. was, was the guy, right? And he had, he had the, the 6000 SUX. Yeah, and then maybe you want to call it Ed 209. It wasn't really his, yeah. so I don't know no. if you could count that. But what do you think? So you like these guys. Yeah, and he had a couple other nameless guys as well to round out. So he had a big crew, for sure. They were good, too. Yeah, I liked him. I did. I, I He's definitely over one, for sure. A lot of times guys get ones for having ineffective or non-existent henchmen, but... They lasted to the end, too. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm ready to give this guy a two or a three for henchmen, just because they, ha- they had roles. They, they stood out. They didn't die early, you know? I kind of want to um, go three. I'm willing to go three, just, just the numbers and the diversity. The, yeah, and, and to be honest, they, they took out them in the beginning. Like they, they, and yeah. they took them out brutally. Like it wasn't, yeah. they were brutal. I'm a fan of in the beginning of the car chase when the one guy was shot and clearly dying, so they just used his body to to throw yeah, at the car. They it's threw like, it at the car. You got to do it, man. Sorry. <laughs> took one for you the die team. Die a hero. He's, he's gonna die a hero. He took one for the team. Yeah. So yeah, I I think we should go three. I think we should go three. So let, let's recap it here. So two for look and style, four for his hideout and that sweet layer, three for plan and three for henchman. Not bad. It's at a strong all. score. It's a strong this is score. Twelve. It, I, I liked thought, him. I liked yeah. him. As villain. 
Like I it. feel like, you know, unfortunately, it's working against him as Red Foreman. And and yep. I shouldn't hold that against him. It's not his fault. It's, it's not just his fault. If, if I you watch this movie before 1998 or whatever 70s show came out, he's just another guy doing a great job. I guess it's like, you know, if you see that 70s show, you're like, oh, my God, is Clarence Boddicker? Is is, yeah. is uh, Eric Foreman's dad? Your uncle. Your uncle was, was mind blown. Yeah, he's probably to, like, To oh us, it's reverse. It's reversed. Like, I'm trying to imagine, like, you watch a movie and it's like Screwface is like the sitcom's dad. And it's yeah. like, oh, my God, Screwface from, yeah. <laughs> from Mark for Death. Like, you know, or, or Chong Lee is like from, yeah, from Bloodsport. Right. It's like, oh my God, Chong Lee is this oh guy's God, dad. Chong Lee is like the older brother in Boy Meets World. It's yeah. crazy. Meanwhile, like imagine that. Imagine the scenario where that's the case. Yeah. Chong Lee is like, uh, you know, Corey Matthews, homeroom teacher yeah. or something. So let's say, all right. So he's, all right. Like, like, he got a 12 and I'm looking at this. So other 12s that we gave on this on this are Hugo Snyder from Three Ninjas, Bennett from Commando, Killian from Running Man, Jack yep. Riley from Mighty Ducks, Koopa from Super Mario Brothers, Boddicker. He's just above Dusty Dinkelman from Just Friends. Yeah. And he's just below Steppenwolf and Chucky and, okay. and the Predator. Not Fair. bad. Yeah. Not Underrated. bad at all. It, it reminds me of... Um... It reminds me of Fushon a little bit from Hard Target, where it's you don't expect it, yeah. but he's an underrated villain. That guy, uh, what was it, Lance Henriksen? He he had a fifteen. He was he yeah, was really good, he was and really I didn't expect good. that going yeah, in. He was really good. He had great henchmen too. He he had five for henchmen because he had yeah. he had uh, yeah he had a, a top notch henchman. Pick Van Cleef, yeah, <laughs> which was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised. I I was definitely biased against Red Foreman, and you know what? I the numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. I'll say all in all, I really enjoyed watching this. I was glad you picked it, and I definitely want to do the sequel. I think you you said to me, "What I want to do RoboCop, so we can do RoboCop too." Yes, <laughs> like, and I, I'm looking forward to watching that. We'll have to do it within the next month or so, or something. But we'll get it out this summer. I definitely enjoyed it. I I, I don't know. Did it hold up to you? Yeah, definitely. I, I honestly I don't remember watching it because it was so long ago that I did watch it. Like maybe I was eighteen, nineteen, twenty when I watched it first. So. Yeah, definitely. I, I liked it. Would watch again. Looking forward to watching the sequels. We'll have to see. And, and you know, please, if you guys want to send us an angry email about all the vehicles that he has in, in RoboCop 2 or RoboCop <laughs> he's, 3. He's got airplanes. He's got jetpacks. He's got air. He's got jets. He's got motorcycles. <laughs> and all, all the guns accessories on and, and, and all, all the guns. cool... Yeah. All the cool guns that he has. <laughs> send us an email, thelastrobpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet right on our Instagram, wherever you can find us on the social channels at the last row pod, leave a comment on the episodes page at the last row podcast.com Facebook, Instagram, wherever. Like I said, we'll be back in two weeks on Thursday, July 6th. And if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and please consider leaving us a five-star review. Thanks to everyone that left one so far. We'll see you guys in two weeks. We'll see. So if there was a robo cop, like, shouldn't they have made the girl a cop too? And then it's like there's two, oh, and there's like partner, robo and then there's partner. a love interest too. You know, a monotone, yeah, robotic love interest. And then maybe, maybe we could get a love scene, maybe a robotic love scene. I mean, it would be very, you know, very. <laughs> would it be like computers talking to each other? Like, you yeah, get the I mean, modem sound. Yeah, it, it would be very by the numbers. <laughs> How would you how would you make that scene sexy? It would have to be I'm just imagining the AOL dialogue sound like the you know that's the sound. They can't make love because